Welcome to Jam Session. Man, it was a busy weekend and a busy Tuesday in the celebrity world. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And we have with us Mr. Justin Charity. Hi, Justin. Hello. It's the big jam- jamage control. Jamage control. The jamage control jamage crossover control. that everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> um, it's not a damage control week, but we had to talk to you about um, this Pusha T Drake mess with a dash of Kim Kardashian on the side. So let's just get right into it. It's the hidden baby episode. The hidden baby <laughs> episode. Um, Amanda, why don't you explain to us where we are and what the, what it means that it's the hidden baby episode? Oh boy! I mean, Justin has the best impression. Justin, could you do it for us? You are hiding a child. Right. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I've just been yelling that at random people who are now very scared uh, for 24 hours now. But on Tuesday, in the latest installment of a rapidly escalating beef between Drake and Pusha T, uh, Pusha released a track called The Story of Adenon. We'll come back to that name. And my goodness, was it cruel and vicious and personal and involved many swipes at various aspects of Drake's personal life. But the one that is obviously making the most headlines is uh, the secret baby that Drake apparently has. Sophie knows better as your baby mother. Cleaned her up for IG, but the stench is on her. A baby's involved. It's deeper than rap. We talking character. Let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat mother. Okay. This is, this is a lot. Um, <laughs> I secret children is a is an interest of mine for celebrities. <laughs> it's an interest of everyone's. Continue. <laughs> yes, that's true. I have a really hard. I just really hate absentee parents. Like it just really bothers me. And you and Pusha T. Yeah, me and Pusha. And so this was really, really upsetting to me. Justin, how did you take this news when you he, he the song the, the news came from the song, but then he also was on Funkmaster Flex radio show yesterday, right? Right. So it came like in a, in a tidy package to us. Mm-hmm. Right. It came in a highly stylized and dramatized package since it came via Funkmaster Flex premiering a disc record against Drake. Um, is this the most relevant Flex has been in a long time? Oh my god! Yes. yes. When's the last time he mattered? Well, he's mattered in bad ways. Like he mattered during the Drake Meek Mill feud when he tried to do the same maneuver premiering Meek's disc record, but Meek's disc record against Drake was bad. Mm-hmm. And so Funk Flex just looked really bad and stupid because I think he had like four hours worth of delays before he premiered the record. And then years ago, he went on that weird rant, that weird like hour long rant against Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. he like leaked Jay Z's text messages yeah. on the radio. The best part about this was after the Flex debut, it started a separate conversation of, among everyone over 30 at the Ringer, just like reminiscing about old Flex debuts <laughs> from literally like 10 years ago, and which was just all of us showing our age. Which, in a way, I do kind of feel this whole saga is about a bunch of older people showing their age and being like, finally, the old people are back and doing interesting things. But yeah, continue. Also, I think that feuds and beefs between celebrities certainly have never gone away, but this is a delivery of a feud that us washed people like understand <laughs> and recognize. Yeah. And so it, it's like really comforting. It's like what's old is new right. again. We're like, yes, yes, let's go. All the internet babies, their feelings are hurt. They didn't yeah. know this happens, that you can yeah. be rude. And it's sort of like receipts not necessary because yes. here's the diss track. It's yeah. just sort of like, no, this is not about like shading each other or liking an Instagram picture. It's like, I'm going to come at you. Yes. Okay. So we interrupted. Flex debuted 
the big song. Justin, continue. Well, so Funk Ma- Funkmaster Flex debuts the song. Then the song sort of quickly ends up on SoundCloud. And simultaneously, Pusha T starts tweeting. Mm-hmm. And he... <laughs> The cover image online on SoundCloud for the song is unfortunately a an old photo. I think it's from 2008 mm-hmm. of a photo of Drake in blackface, which is not great. And was very jarring to see because I've never about that. seen it. Sure. It's like a public photo. It's been on a website just chilling for How, a decade, and, it's, and I've never seen and it. And it's so over the top. Yeah. yeah, and we'd never seen it, so everyone at first assumed that it was Photoshop or faked, and then. Pusha T tweets and he says, yes. I am, what is, he uses the exact phrase, I'm not, I'm not an, an internet <laughs> baby. Right. God. I don't Photoshop. Yeah, like, I don't so know good. how to photo. I'm 41. I'm a 41 yeah. year old ex drug dealer. I didn't Photoshop this. It's a real photo. Right. Get at me. Um, how did, how did Pusha T know about that picture? That's one of my primary questions. I mean, this whole thing is just that. Pusha knows how to Google, and apparently no one else does. No, I don't. I, well, that photo is too deep for Google, I, though. Sure, but I mean, artist websites are not optimized for search. That's like, they true. Don't, they don't have that's metadata. A, I think wow. all of this is a little bit that, and like including everything about the the hidden child, is that he obviously has contacts and people who are pushing, um, who are tipping him off to things. But everything was on the internet. All of this was available, and he's just making use. Of the material available to him in interesting and remarkable ways. That's a lot of what Robert Mueller is doing with the Mueller investigation. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't think that that makes you know? Not, I don't mean to diminish it. I, it's art. It's exhilarating. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it was there. It was all available for us. Right. So... The child, that, <laughs> that's, been, that's been rumored, right? Like, yeah. that's, not, that's not brand new? No. TMZ, so, Bossip, Totally. BT, and yeah. I don't claim that, like, I was up on every aspect of this before Me yesterday. Neither. Justin, were you? I wasn't. I'm curious about why I wasn't. I'm curious about why, again, even though there are breadcrumbs, there right. is reporting about, uh, there is reporting about Drake's girlfriend or baby mama. And I checked his, out her Instagram. I'll tell you about mm-hmm. it later. But yeah. it, it's weird because there are news reports, there are gossip reports, but it just seems like it never really lodged itself in the consciousness, even of like avid Drake followers. And I'm curious about why that's, well, I mean, that. I think that's avid Drake followers is very separate from people who read TMZ and know yeah, how okay. to use the signals. And, I, you know, I, I had missed this TMZ report, but it's there from, I believe, May of last year. Yeah. And it involves, like, alleged text messages that she leaked to TMZ and she's hired a lawyer. So it it's on the more credible scale as far as TMZ. I mean, Juliet and I, this whole podcast is about how TMZ is usually right. So, yeah. but, <laughs> but there's clearly something there, even if there's not actually like a paternity test. Um, so I don't know why we all missed it. Drake fans just only want to see, you know, happy. Drake yeah. Yeah. I think, emo Drake. I think this speaks to the reason why we can speak to, e- well, we talk a lot. I, I, I talk about, we talk about emo yeah. Drake versus Anthem Drake and right. sort of the various phases of him. And I think, the reason why we don't know about Dad Drake is because of his really cult, like carefully cultivated images. Right, right, right. And he is like, he's just really good at 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 the new millennium. He's really good at dropping a song at the right time. He's really good at using lyrics to obscure other 
truths about him or the music industry. Like, he's a real, like, wordsmith, which is kind of interesting that he's getting owned on a diss right. track because I think of him as being, like, really good at lyrics. And I guess that's, that that's, is the drama about Drake, right? And that's how this started, about him using a ghostwriter. Right. But he has this Drake in general, like you're saying, has this absolute narrative control that the really scathing thing about Pusha T anchoring a diss track and the revelation that he has a secret child, <laughs> it just it, it, it is the ultimate version of taking Drake's narrative control away from him. Because yeah, now it's exactly. not now the conversation isn't just, oh, what's what is the track that Drake has to go in the studio and immediately record now. Like, I imagine first he has to, like, talk to his baby mom. Like, he has to make phone calls before he can go into a studio now. Like, Pusha kind of actually seems to have affected his life a little bit. People are going to be checking into financial records and where that child support is going, etc. Yeah, he he has problems outside of image control or... I mean, he's I, got life issues now. Exactly. Which I possibly he always did and just wasn't acknowledging them. Sure. Um, right, but it's his brand is so so much of Drake's music is a host for ideas about his personal narrative and his personal brand. And now it's like his music suddenly has to account for the fact that we very suddenly know he has a secret child. And I don't know how he does that. I don't know how his music in general will accommodate for this. Yeah, that's that's a good good a good question. Like, do we have to reevaluate Drake altogether? No. He has no. a secret family. I he mean, has a secret sure. normie family. Listen. <laughs> is a French like, porn star normie? It's, it, in, it, I'm She's saying a relative painter now, to, by the way. Okay. A painter. <laughs> okay. But what I'm saying is that relative to, because I think otherwise, you know, in so much as we pay attention to Drake's relationships, it's it's like Drake and Rihanna, right? Like that's, adult, that's a different paradigm, a different context for understanding Drake's romantic life compared to a relatively normie civilian who in those paparazzi photos, Drake seems vaguely kind of humiliated to be seen with. Sure. And that I, just feels so different. Yeah. I think that also, um, I mean, Drake, you know, I only love my bed and my mama is sort of like, well, uh, what about your kid? I mean, right. I, I just think I just think sure. that he he you really predicated. We have push it in the studio. <laughs> I just told you I'm really let down. This is a cardinal sin to me. I just hate when like there's two. I just hate, this is just comes up a lot of NBA players, and so I I just can't get over it so quickly. But I just think that he you know really predicates himself on like being true to who he is, and like I'm doing Drake. Totally, and totally. And that like is less, less fun now. Absolutely. And that is, oh, I kind of think it's more fun, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> I, that has changed immediately and permanently. And it's like basically a 180. He can't be who, he can't be the Drake of. Like, you can't make Hotline Bling ago. with the secret yeah. family. Well, you just also, you can, you can make Hotline Bling with the secret family. A lot well, of people are probably doing a lot of things with secret families right now. That's just like another true. thing. Look for the person with a secret family in your life because it's probably true. But no, it's he can't be who he was with this knowledge out in public and also just the way it was revealed and the way that he was so yeah. completely like eviscerated. Yeah, yeah. Eviscerated. And I he think also what's going to be so interesting is how all of his internet baby fans uh react to him going forward because I think that'll also change who he is and what he can do. It the Drake fan relationship has become really symbiotic in a way that 
will now be different, I just think. Because, like, I mean, you saw it. All these 24-year-olds were just, like, aghast. Like, you can't say that about Drake. Well, of course you can't. Like, grow up. Um, again, I'm just, I'm having fun. Like, old people getting to say real shit. It's great. It's, I'm <laughs> welcome back, like, 2000-whatever. What is Where does Drake go from here? I mean, that's a great question. Well, it's a great question if only because... Does he defend his secret family first or does he defend his parents? Because a third of the right. Pusha T song I is mean, Pusha T just roasting Drake's parents. It's, yeah, this is also like it's probably the third or fourth cruelest thing on the track, I would say. Yeah. Yes. After the stuff about his mom and after the stuff about 40, which is just yikes. That's the yeah. part where I was like, mm, maybe... Can you go too far in these sorts of things? I don't know. Because I wasn't. I want. I'm glad you brought up forty yeah. because I actually do think that's too far. I think that forty has a degenerative illness, sure. and we shouldn't. That's like not. It's not really fodder for a diss track. Secret child, different. I agree with you. I personally think it's too far. I cringed. I was like, oh. That said, this is not journalism, or d- there's no decorum in these sorts of things. That that's the whole point of this exercise, is that there are no... I'm not defending it. It's rude. Sure. It's really, yeah. really rude, but it's part of the larger picture. It's part of what's happening here. Yeah. What does this also mean for the Drake versus Kanye fight? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's been ongoing too, right? Yes. I mean, really ignited over the weekend. We'll come back to Kim Kardashian. But like, do we give this as a win to Kanye, who desperately needs wins? No, do no. not play. He's yeah. not. I feel like he pushes so squarely, wrestled the Kanye angle away mm-hmm. from Drake mm-hmm. on this particular song. That I don't think this counts as a win for Kanye. Kanye's it's also, sort of, Justin, as you pointed out, it's Wednesday. Kanye uh, reportedly has an album coming out on Friday. Oh, yeah. Is that real? Yeah. None of us care. Do you care? No one guy. Yeah, I don't. Never cared less. There are like five people in Wyoming who are going to get to listen to it. And then, yeah, you know. Do you think that's actually coming? Yeah, I definitely think it's coming. You do? On Friday? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Do you have sources, Justin? I mean, the announcements (laughs) on his Twitter. I don't know. I just believe it. You weren't like in Wyoming and didn't tell us, though. No, 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 no. No, okay. Man okay. of the Woods. Strangely I, strangely, I believe it, even though it seems like they're still working on the album now. Right. So <laughs> well, that makes Yeah. We'll come back to Kanye and whether he's got an album coming or not in, in a few minutes. But do you think Pusha T will like, become popular with the kids as a result of this? Or is this just for the generation of people who love a good diss track? This is for posterity. I, I don't <laughs> think that Pusha T now enters a new echelon. Like, I think the only way that rappers move in that way is through hit records. And I think that Pusha T is still a particular kind of rapper of a particular age in a particular gen- generation and sentiment and sensibility. Uh, and I think the, I think him eviscerating Drake doesn't really change his station in terms of a guy like who makes music. It maybe changes his station in the Twitter celebrity economy a little bit. Or a lot of yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree. I do find the reaction to this to be so fascinating. Um, and so people are really wrestling with it, which, again, is a sign of his, its success. But also, there is a certain generation of people who are like, oh, well, so he won that one without questioning. And it doesn't seem like that's the case for the younger people. So I, it's hard to imagine him being embraced in such a way, just because they don't really know what to do with it. It's not how a younger generation understands uh, rappers does it, does it, or does celebrities. It dis- 
Well, they're about to grow up. To the diss track? Well, are they? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I've been waiting for a long time. Time marches forward inexorably. Does yeah. the diss track reach the Drake fans, or is like is this just for people who don't who are like rap heads? Listen, am Drake, I asking too many questions about the no, diss track? No, it's great. I, it's all I've been talking about. It's all we've been talking about. Uh, that yeah. and Drake, Twitter burner accounts, which Drake, Drake fans probably have has. Been, Drake fans have been in denial about bad music for ten years, so I, oh, I trust on, them to I trust them to keep being in denial. What's your about favorite this. Drake song? Uh, be honest. Be be honest. I have an embarrassing one. If you would like me to go first, well, I know my I know my favorite forty beat is headlines. Let's lift up forty. Mm, that's a great name. one. Yeah. yeah, headlines is the best forty beat. It's really good. Uh, I love forty. I think, I think I love forty more than Drake. Ooh, I mean that, that's a good take because he's a great producer. Yeah, he's thanks. a great producer. I don't I don't know what my favorite. I have to think about that. I don't know what my favorite Drake song is. Okay, mine is shot for me. Oh God! Mm. I would. Uh, I could see a, it in your eyes. You're angry. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Anyway, um, so you have a vendetta against Drake, is what you're oh, saying? Oh, too much is my favorite Drake song. Too much is yeah. really good. Really good. Love it. That's a, that's a unusual choice too. I like it. Amanda, do you want to share yours? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I if also I have like one. too good while, while we're talking about two. Yeah, I was going to say, the Drake-Rihanna suite means a lot to me, and I think you got to consider them, like, as one piece of music. You know, the way that, like, the, Take the Beatles great, medley yeah. on Abbey Road is now sure. considered one song, so I think we can just put all of the Drake-Rihanna songs together. Well, I okay. also just love just, hold on, we're going home. It's great. I'm glad you brought up Drake because the other thing that's like really shattered is Drake being like a one woman man where he's like, uh, he's, uh, you know, my mama, Rihanna. Right. Who else? He had the Serena Williams moment. Like, he's really good. Oh my God. I forgot about Serena. I had blocked that out. Those photos. (laughs) Wow. The Drake curse. What did she lost? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Serena just, that whole part of my brain fell out. Serena's an inspiration. She, you know, she ended up, even though he seems like he's kind of lame, she just ended up with a guy who adores her, and they've got a really cute baby. Like, mm-hmm. that's how it should be when you're Serena Williams. It's you true. should be adored. It's and true. Drake was like, Drake made it seem like they, like, could be a thing. Right. But that was all an act. Right. I think that Also, I, you know what? Serena loves her baby, so. Yeah. 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 Her baby's so cute. Yeah. Little Pia. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That, the whole thing is like Drake's image cultivation, like his music or not, there's just been like a shattering of the glass. And it's like you can see behind the mirror for the first time, I think. Yeah. Which, so Charity, I want to talk to you a little bit about this because a lot of people have just been like, this was a massive strategic error by him. Like he sh- just should have seen this coming, which I would agree with. But it also seems like, you know, he was flying a little too close to the sun. You oh, know, something God, yeah. like this was bound to happen eventually. I don't know. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Like, there's the because of the I would say specifically post. If you're reading this too late, Drake right. is so defined. But I mean, Pusha T makes fun of this on the song where he says, "Let's talk about why your music from the past few years is <laughs> angry and full of lies." Mm-hmm. It's like post. If you're reading this too late, Drake takes on this very sharp, dark arrogance, mm. and yeah, it's an arrogance that he designed to sort of put the final nail in the coffin of people even thinking about the fact that he's like some smiling child actor from Canada. But it's also, he leaned so hard into it that I think you're right, that he inevitably was going to wreck himself like this. Cause he's just not, he does not seem built to beef with a 41 year old drug dealer from Virginia with braids. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's true. This is never going to go well. I don't know. 
Yeah. It, it, he just also, like, I don't know. Drake Drake is a... I just feel disappointed, guys. I'm just letting, letting my feelings So you feel known. disappointed in Drake? I feel disappointed in Drake. And... What are you disappointed about? Just the child support? I, I get that. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's bad. That, I mean, that was, again, like... Then Pusher goes on Breakfast Club this morning and is like, I don't even hang with my friends who are not right with their child support. Like, I'm about kids. Which I, is incredible. Yeah. I mean, how do you not love Pusher T after it. that? It's great. Not. He said, y'all can't be around. You got to get that sorted out before you hang around me. You can't have child support issues and be in my circle. Yeah. That was crazy. That's amazing. That's a crazy really, quote to get to. Really That's awesome, stuff. though. Like, shout out to you. That should be the standard. Yeah. I don't know. Too, there's too many celebrities who I'm just like, how do you have time for your children? I know that you don't. And so I I appreciate it. Yeah. And like Drake has all the money in the world. It's it's pretty good. I guess I have to be a Pusha T fan. Listen. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, why do you why do you like him more? And I and like this is a safe space. We're sharing feelings. Why do I like Drake, Drake more? Yeah. Or you said you oh, thought it was fun. You thought I it was fun. I don't like Drake more. No. <laughs> I oh. I mean I, I find my feeling I guess my feelings about Drake are changed. But my interest in and enjoyment of stuff is unchanged. I mean, this is pretty callous. This is like the worst side of me, but it's fine. Let's just talk about it. Okay, great. This is really fun. And this is, you know, some of this is just basic fatigue of we have spent the last year or two years and many of us our whole lives just doing the serious, important things and... You know, we have to have another serious conversation about X, Y, Z. And this is obviously serious to a few people, but this is quite something. And it's not, it's like world issues aren't on the line, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it, sure. there is a little bit more. There's room, levity. There's a little bit more room for levity. And I don't mean to make light of uh, everyone involved in this. And especially with 40, I feel bad about saying that. But the other part of this is that just so much is bullshit all the time. And even so much of celebrities and image management and all of the nonsense that we watch, people are just fake. And this was cruel, but it was just expertly done. And I got to watch, I was slacking with uh, Justin when he listened to it and just nice. got to kind of experience that reaction. I went into people's offices just to watch them listen to it and watch their eyes go wide. And that moment of like, holy shit, he said that was, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It's invigorating. It's something okay. to talk about. I like it. I like that attitude. I'm going to adopt it and be less less disappointed because it's, whatever. It's an immoral attitude. I'm aware I'm, of that. Is it a mo- I mean, well, I, it's not worship I idols. Say, you know, maybe I'm wrong here. Why should I be holding Drake well, up so high? Amanda was with me when I first heard the song and I was watching The Fourth Estate, which is the documentary about the New York Times <laughs> yeah. covering sure. Trump. And I cut from that to listen to the Pusha T song. And I listening to it, he's giving all these revelations. There's a secret child. And I thought this too is journalism. Pusha T is a sort of journalism. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I, I enjoyed yeah. it in that sense. Like, I mean, he did dig up a lot, of, or not dig up, but he like assembled a portfolio, a he dossier a of information. Right. Yeah. I go back on and forth on whether I think it is journalism or whether it is. I, is this responsible? I don't totally know. No, absolutely not. He is said not, Drake's but, dad is an Instagram right. thought who wears Steve Harvey suits. I right. mean, I, you know. No, it's not responsible. It's not particularly moral. I'm not sure that I would do it, but. There is something about having a space that is, like, totally irresponsible and disrespectful and, like, doesn't have to be held to the standards of journalism, et cetera, where it's just, like, finally we can all just 
say some rude stuff to each other, that in its way is a relief. I guess I'm a rude person. Here's one more thing I want to say. Okay, let's hear it. It's just I really, really, really like that much of this is motivated just in defending Push's fiance. It's just like all you do is briefly mention her and then like your world is on fire and I relate to that and I respect that and that's fun for me too. Let's dive more into that and also significant others. Yeah. After we talk about today's sponsor, Hotel Tonight. If you're the type that's always looking for a bigger, better deal, you've got to get the Hotel Tonight app. Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. Their name is Hotel Tonight, but you can actually book in advance. Book next week tonight or book next month tonight. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. Perfect whether you're a planner like me or you like to leave things to the very last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. Unlike other loyalty programs where you're trapped into staying at boring chain hotels. I can attest to this personally. Last weekend, I was trying to get to the beach last minute because Memorial Day means beach. I was able to find the perfect hotel on Hotel Tonight. And also, I let someone else make the bed, which is the perfect treat. So, start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Okay, Amanda, you brought up a great point. Yeah. Pusha is defending his lady. Yeah. He's defending his honor. He's right. defending his world. He's defending yeah. his, his moon and his stars to use some Game of Thrones parlance. Or I relate. Um, it is kind of sweet. It's sort of like what you would want Drake to be doing, if I do say so myself. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that he's out here. There, There is this whole talking point about how it's, once again, women are in the crosshairs of a rap beef. And like, I get it. And it's it's not ideal. But also, there is a difference here between like, I fucked your baby mama. And why don't you deal with your own issues? And also sure. like possibly explore child support. Like there is a difference. There's <laughs> a difference. And especially in defense of a relationship. I don't know. I... It's invigorating. I I would, if I were actually a rapper and as good at journalism as Pusha T is, I relate. I would want to do something like this. Why I do couldn't, you think- but I would. Amanda, maybe you should do yeah. a slam poetry book of of um, diss tracks, but like diss poems. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who's ever slighted you or your husband. Yeah. <laughs> Just there's an a idea. List. There's a list, by the way. There's a list. If you've even looked sideways, something's going to happen to you one day. Nice. I'm I'm afraid of you. That's I will never look at you or your husband sideways. I don't know. That's why. That's why this is fun. But maybe sure. people don't have the emotional register that I do. Eh, why Why do you think Deadbeat Drake mentioned Push's fiance in the first place? Because that just seems like, in retrospect, that is the that's it was stupid. tactical yeah, error that he made that just ruined it. It not only solicited. Pusha T eviscerating Drake's entire family. Right. But it also didn't really it, it's it it's made it difficult for Drake to respond not because he doesn't really have any sort of moral high ground to posture or gesture at in defending himself. Yeah, it's a total tactical error, and that's when he opened himself up. And I feel like we talk a lot about on this podcast with other issues of what's fair game in terms of celebrity and who is a not necessarily a target, but like who has entered the arena and thus is 
fair game for scrutiny and who is kind of off limits. And that's obviously always in debate. And there are a lot of different ways to make that judgment call. But if you are going to bring someone else's personal life into the conversation, then it is, I mean, it's fair game. I don't know. Can you have fair game in these sorts of things? But you definitely open the door. And it's like, I don't know how he didn't know it was coming. It's very (laughs) stupid. I think I have a theory about rich kids, which is you can always tell who they are because they act without consequence. And like, they just never think through like, oh, well, if something bad happens. Right. And I just feel like Drake has become a rich kid. And he, emphasis on kid, because he, he's like, yeah. not, doesn't, you know, he's like living the man, the, the dream man-child life. And I think that like he, ha- he hasn't had an L really in a while. Like, right. what's his last true L? Well, you mean outside of his bad music. Yeah, outside uh, of what you Charity, Charity just unscrolled like a list. <laughs> the list the length of. Well, Rihanna. Uh, Swerving at him. <laughs> Rihanna, yeah. <laughs> but even that yeah. plays into a certain image of like, wow, Drake can't even get the girl or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's still d- not the image he wants. Yeah, that's okay. Rihanna curving okay. him and very, like, being very. Yeah. Kurt <laughs> curving him is not what he wants. Even getting Rihanna's attention, though, is better than. is far, far, far better than being called out for. Being delinquent on Twitter. Is it point. though? I've seen Rihanna drag a lot of I, people on Twitter who probably regret getting I do, Yeah, I also do feel like we're not friends, but we're not not friends, which was the most recent quote on the situation. <laughs> that stings. That's not quite Dang. getting her attention. That's yeah. being removed from her attention. Yeah. While we're talking about relationships, I'd like to I'd like to bring up Kim Kardashian, who's also out here defending her man. Oh boy. Kanye West. So yeah. he was part of like phase one of this beef, which just feels like it com- does that even matter anymore? Does Kim Kardashian's beef with Rhymefest matter? Uh, well, well. <laughs> well I actually, I, I, I might argue that it, it matters in the life sense the most of all of this because there are the most people at stake in that particular beef. And it's why actually I am not on Kim's side, even though she was, quote, defending her man. So in that sense, yeah, we should probably do a brief summary, right? Sure. So it started, oh my God, it started last, last Saturday. Saturday. It started Saturday. It started on Saturday, even though it feels like months ago, when Rhymefest uh, tweeted at Drake, when good music sends the money they owe you, will you please help us rebuild Kanye's mother's house for the youth of Chicago? I spoke to Kanye about it. His response was, quote, fuck the youth of Chicago. So... Then this escalated. The next thing was Kim in a Twitter rant. throwing like five tweets. Yeah, throwing him under the bus for wearing fake Yeezys and trying to get Kanye to listen to some beats and telling him that he was full of shit. And so then Rhymefest comes back with the whole story of basically how Kim and Kanye s- skipped out on Donna's house, which is like a charity that they had set up in Chicago. And then Donna's house, I believe, got they involved re-branded. and changed their name. They did. They changed right. the name. Yeah. They said it was very upsetting for them. Press yeah. releases were sent. Right. Press, Press releases, releases were tweeted. Yes. Right. And now they have a new name, and it's just like about Chicago, the youth of Chicago. Right. Right. So they they stripped themselves of the name right. Donda. And even active, Kim had to come back and tweet again. She was explaining what happened after that. And here's the essential explanation. After several years of lack of performance from the organization and Kanye going through personal finance issues, he could no longer fund salaries. 
Rhymefest asked to take it over, and Kanye agreed with no financial screens attached, strings attached. So basically, after they started a charity and then couldn't make it work and could no longer fund it, and it basically failed, they passed it over to someone else. Which, I, I, listen, I have spent this whole podcast being like, nothing matters and nothing is serious, but like I do think that trying the young people in Chicago actually do matter a bit. And if you're going to do something to try to help people, you need to take it seriously or like get out of the conversation. That's where I am. I also think that a lot of the defense of celebrities in general, particularly the Kardashians is like, well, they're bad. They do like X, Y, and Z thing that are bad, but they contribute to charity and like they can bring attention to causes. That is largely bullshit. Like, like true for most celebrities, not just the Kardashians and like most charities with a high overhead, you should be not give your money to them because because the money goes to like supporting the the business of running it and not like the people they're supposedly helping. So I think it's like actually like very important to note that like while they like associate themselves with with charities, I keep saying your last name. They don't <laughs> they don't actually like they don't actually do good. It's it's largely like just for show. Although my understanding with Donna's house is that uh, Donna's house does youth training and community activism, and it was it, or it is. Uh, reasonably active in Chicago, and it's run by Rhymefest's wife, Donnie Smith, and Rhymefest himself. Uh, and so I think, I don't know, when when Kim first started tweeting, um, or I, I certainly a while after Kim first started tweeting, I started thinking about, huh, they're talking about performance issues. They're talking about not being happy with the performance of Donda House, Donda's house. I'm not sure that Kim Kardashian could even explain to me what she thinks Donda's house yeah. even does. And also, that's a good note because, like, so much of, I think, the way the Kardashian industries are run is, like, towards an end, an end goal of, like, either, like, dollars or, like, some kind of commodity that you can tout. And a lot of the most important charity is not not end result-based like that. Um Meanwhile, Kim Kardashian is allegedly going to the White House today to meet Donald Trump about a pardon for um, a close friend of hers who or uh, an older woman, an older woman serving a, like a really harsh sentence for um, a drug charge. Right. Right. Yes. And so we were talking about if Kanye's album is coming. I think no, because I don't think. I think prison reform is really important. And I think that like the war on drugs is back and that is a really big issue. And it's great to be, to be fighting that. I don't know if fighting it for one person is the right way to go about it, but that's kind of like besides the point, but in just a really cynical perspective, I don't know if that happens the same week that a new album is coming. Yeah. I definitely look at the white house visit as a, I I don't necessarily think about it in the context of the Kanye album, but I do my, my, I initially thought, this is Kim doing a sort of damage control following Kanye's initials right wing explosion on Twitter, right? Mm. She's trying to, it just seems like a very look on the bright side type of PR move where she's like, at least I have access to Trump to advocate for somebody that the left will be sympathetic to. It just seems so basic. Could I, a, could I share with you guys the origin of this visit? As I, I understand that. it, or at least some uh, some aspects of it, because this apparently I'm reading from a May 1st piece on Mike.com that explains how Kim got involved with um, this particular case, Alice Marie Johnson. Please do. 
And I'm just reading from the article. Kardashian West first learned about Johnson's case from a Mike video published in October. Kardashian West shared it on Twitter, and the video has since been viewed 8 million times, more than 8 million times. Shortly after Kardashian West became involved, enlisting a team of lawyers, and then setting up this meeting, apparently. or And she's also been working with Jared Kushner. But I want to read the quote from Kim's interview with Mike about how she got involved in this case. There is a reason I was looking at my Twitter at that moment, Kardashian says. It's not like I'm on my phone all day long. I was meant to come across it. I've been in communication with the White House and trying to bring her case to the president's desk and figure out how we can get her out. All commendable. I'm just focused on criminal justice reform and helping one person at a time. And so far, the White House has been really receptive to my calls. Where I'm at in my life right now, just like to go and spend my money buying material things just doesn't satisfy me the way that it used to. If I could put the money for a shopping spree, which sounds ridiculous, to save someone's life and do that once a year, then that would make my heart fuller. Which, listen, okay, I I completely support her cause and I support prison reform and I it's it's kind of unfair to pick on her, but this is not exactly like a thought out platform or someone no. who's invested in this on some larger level or knows or is really committed to the issue on a long-term basis. It doesn't seem like it really just seems like she stumbled upon something on Twitter and is now kind of using her celebrity to do something. And that's like the outcome's good. So I don't know why I'm picking on it, but there is something about the level of investment and the way that she's speaking about it. When you put it in context with the, Donna's house stuff. I don't know that she is the most engaged in her charity work. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Yeah, it sounds like somebody she she is explaining that like somebody who does not have the political or experiential like credibility to pick a fight with actual community organizers. Right. You know, yeah. who aren't just like picking a cause on a whim of being like I was on Twitter one day. Right. And it's also just kind of like if you I know, again, I spent a lot of time being like, it's so great. People are calling each other out and being rude and saying things directly. And that's great when you're talking about, like, Snapchat videos of whether someone signed off for a song yeah. or even kind of personal. I There, to me, is a difference between personal issues and larger community issues. There is. I, I agree with that. And I'm glad you bring it up because I think one thing that we just lose a lot in the conversation of pop culture and celebrity is that there's nuance and like there are lines where like maybe you cross them sometimes like something not all um topics are like with the same gravity basically and I, I think it's like i think it's okay for us to have fun i mean i don't mean to like justify this podcast but i think there's a way to have fun with um a diss track that is l- a lot less fun than us like a, a well-known opportunistic celebrity like using her her platform for a whim and to like meet with the president who like also probably is not that invested in prison reform but would love to meet with Kim Kardashian. I mean, right. the fact is the Kardashians and Donald Trump have been on a collision course since they both were on television. Like this, this is this is not surprising to me at all. Like at all. There's so much Kardashian Jenner news this week, and um, it's all just like so disparate and like. Chaotic. I, I just find them too chaotic at this point, which is also how I feel about the president. And so I have an announcement, which I've is, is like the. Are you going to the meeting? <laughs> I'm going to the meeting. I have to leave because I'm going to DC. No, I have personal news. 
I muted the words Kardashian and Jenner forever on Twitter. Like, forever, forever. So, like, I only get tweets about them, anyone in the family, when the first names are used. Okay. So, so I could block the other names. That just seems like a bridge too far, you know? You've got a lot of other Kylies in your life? Um, There's other Kims. I don't know. It just just seems like that's a bridge too far. But— Moderation, though. I yeah, exactly. That. It's I like see, nuance. I see where your head is at, I Julia. See. I, see. I, I feel actually, happier. Yeah. I feel happier with less Kardashian news in my life. <laughs> I is, really I really do. They are the worst celebrities. I cannot stand them. And, like, I just feel free. I challenge everyone to find a Twitter word that you want to mute and go for it. Yeah, it's... I, I will say anecdotally, I've received messages from Juliet. They're just like, I'm so much happier now that I've done this. So, that there you go. <laughs> One Find your for Twitter you. bliss. But I also, to kind of join with Juliet and Charity, I'm interested to hear you about, to hear your thoughts on this. I did find, this was the week that I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with Kim. That journey is over for me. And I think it is because of the, of the thing I just said, of just kind of like once she's messing with things that do matter, and not doing them justice. It's just, uh, it's not for me. I'm out. That's not a responsible use of your platform. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think I'm alone in that. I don't think the Kardashians are going away. I, like, no. I, I kept being typing Kim is over in our celebrity Slack. And then I deleted it because that's wrong. And I'm not trying to spread false information. But I'm kind of out. She, that's interesting. You watched the show and enjoyed it. And I, I think that like, their capitalism, their their type of um, brazen capitalism is hard to square up sometimes. That, that's kind of the, the problem for me. I, I don't know. I can't, I've, I've always disliked them. But it's really funny. Like, I feel like we spent the first half of this podcast being like, fuck Drake, or I was like, fuck Drake. He not acknowledging his child or he's right. keeping him hidden. And then I get, on the other hand, like, I find the tribalism of the Kardashians to be, like, incredibly narrow-minded. And I think that's, like, kind of, like, a useful juxtaposition. Like, like the thing with celebrity is, like, everything is just so extreme because they just live on un- normal lives. Yeah. And like, it, it's so far afield from, like, what we recognize as, like, day-to-day. Can it's I can extreme. I clarify one thing? Sure. Child support is really important, and I, like, I really— I, <laughs> Amanda, no one—don't worry. No one thinks that you don't de- support that. I'm not that. defending Drake's actions. I really— <laughs> Please, please, like, Child support protect truther? all the children. No, 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 no. I was just thinking about that. I want to make it really clear. For me, it's um how we engage with these things and is is very interesting and is clearly always in flux. There's kind of just like there's a there's a defined playing field for me, and there are some things that we can hold celebrities to and talk about and that those are kind of like the rules of engagement. And there are some things that are just not in the celebrity sphere. And I think we've ta- we've all three this year talked a lot about how like politics and issues and yeah. um, civic and governmental and community issues are should not be contaminated by celebrity. They always will because it's human nature, but we have seen the damage that that can do. And so that to me is the distinction. Um, also, maybe I'm just a mean person. I don't know. Charity, where are you? I don't. I think that's the. That's why I take so much joy. I mean, you were you were outlining this earlier. If we're trying to carve out like spheres of celebrity and spheres of non-celebrity, like, the joy of the Drake Pusha T stuff is that it is unambiguously frivolous, and it's also filled with explicit 
cruel conflict. And so it just feels like the purest form of me being really exhilarated by something yeah. that I know that the state, I know what the stakes are. They're very internal. They're esoteric in a way. And they, <clears throat> they don't really spill over to like me having to worry about whether I'm backing somebody who is disparaging community activists or like, in, or getting way too into Jordan Peterson or something. <laughs> right. Right. Um, that's my favorite version of, of celebrity, right? It's just where the, where everything seems sort of defined yeah. and I we all sort of know why we're here. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's one thing that I've thought a lot about in the last year and a half, which is the joy of frivolity like feels gone because mm-hmm. culture has been so saddled by really weighty topics, which in on the one hand is great for progress and like really important, but on the other hand, makes us weekly and blindgossip.com and all of like my favorite uh, Hollywood-related rags less fun yeah. and, like, a lot harder to celebrate. And I think Amanda and I, we really, like, struggle with this every time we do this podcast of, like, hitting the right tone of, like, this is really fun, but, yeah, we also feel like things aren't right in the world or we're struggling with how to, how to like, keep doing our jobs while also, like, having to cover, like, the Me Too movement all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the reasons there was, like, so much elation at, like, Drake versus Pusha T is it just felt like it's safe, safe to be frivolous, to use your word. It's so, so true. So, and, and that is just, the Kardashians, just their, like, extreme frivolity. There's, like, it's harder to, to like, find joy in that day after day, week after week. It is bewildering that the, mo- in, in this sort of political versus celebrity sense, it, it is weird that the most responsible celebrity spectacle of the moment is the one where a rapper has insulted a producer for suffering from multiple sclerosis. It's important to point out it's on a spectrum. It's not it responsible. It's and, not, and that's of, not okay. And part of the reason that we are all taking joy in aspects of it, if not in the 40 part of it, uh, is because it is irresponsible. And we haven't, there has not been a lot of acceptable irresponsibility in the in the past however many years. I don't know. Is it even acceptable? If it's acceptable, it's not that much fun. But we still yeah, accept it, I guess. You're right. It's I not acceptable. It's, like, it's but not. That's the that's the answer. It's not acceptable. But damn. <laughs> I think also the other distinction between what's going on between Pusha and Drake is there's like creativity and like something that you might call art at the center of it. It's Whereas, excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. immaculate. Which, there's it's music. Immaculate. There's tracks. Right, right. Whereas with like, you know, everything that's fat, that's, that Kim Kardashian creates is is an um, artifice. Well, I, and I would apply that to Kanye. It's like the stuff that Kanye is doing seems, if what Drake and Pusha are doing is, is constructive and immaculate, what Kanye is doing is, like dark and destructive and is sort of robbing me of my life, if anything. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You've been an invaluable part of this conversation as we worked through our feelings. And I feel I feel great. I, guys, please mute some words. I really, I really <laughs> want you to. Mute some words and pay child support. Yeah, the problem is that I think Drake <laughs> muted child support at this point. Okay, <laughs> That's charity's distract. Thanks again for listening, and thank you to Hotel Tonight. Charity will be back next week, and Amanda and I will be back in two weeks. 